0: Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome
1: to episode 121 of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets on a Technical Difficulty Thursday. Uh, I've got a little uh, overlap from the first hour of the show. We want to wrap up some conversations with some in-studio Minnesota guests. Joining me here in the wilds of St. Louis Park are
2: Kelly Ferraro, Danette Peterson, and Nancy
1: Jones. We'll be right back after this exciting announcement uh, to finish up our previous conversation.
0: Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com.
3: Oh, we don't have to do an ad. Yeah. Oh, no ad? Not on Car Selling Secrets, don't.
1: Well, I know, but I thought we started out with somebody else's. Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: My fault. Go ahead. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest?
1: Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries.
0: back ladies and gentlemen and Doug the reason I jumped in front of you there is we have a special guest in studio. Uh,
2: Special guest.
0: Catherine's here.
1: Is that KBB the Great? It is. I haven't talked to you forever. How are you?
2: I'm very well thank you. I thought I'd pop on and see what's going on in the car world.
1: (laughs) Well we're still talking about the Leroy's getting larger. World. We had some technical <laughs> difficulties, <laughs> so we're nice. ra- wrapping up the first hour. That's from airplane. That for those that don't get. That's the rest
0: really nice of you, time. right there. You know. In any case, Catherine. Neat. <laughs> She's what watching could... a cat bite a Dalmatian. Oh, she comes on the show and is watching videos. That's really good. <laughs> it's just but very anyway, funny. <laughs> we're talking to Continuum, Catherine. Oh
2: yes, Continuum. Yes.
0: We got Kelly Danette. We got Nancy. Catherine's with us. Hello. And we got Hi, a lot. Hello. we've got we discovered a billion things today about weight loss, weight gain. Only keeping a weight billion? Up. Only a billion. Oh, my goodness.
2: That? Keeping things simple, I see.
0: Indeed. So in any case, um, so how do people reach out to you? How do you get a hold of Continuum? Uh, how, just basically how, what the program's all about, and because uh, I know you got to go, so I will shut up.
2: We've got all the information on our website at continuumweightwellbeing.com. You can also reach us by text or call us at 952-491-6527. And we do uh, virtual appointments as well as in person. We're located in St. Louis Park in the West End Tower. And we would love to um, meet you and tell you all about us. It's a complimentary consultation. Nice.
0: Now, wait a minute. Are you are you conv- trying to convince me that Kelly and Nancy aren't going to say a word? Now, <laughs> well, Nancy, it might work, but Kelly, that'll never work. For Kelly to shut up is Kelly not going to work. Kelly to have the
2: final word. <laughs> go ahead, Kelly. <laughs> there she you go. So so well, they, they had tape over my mouth that whole time, so yeah, just remove the tape. Um we we, this might sound corny but truly truly we absolutely love what we do um we're we're passionate about helping people and that's that's why we're here that's why we started continuum and we um we know we're doing a great thing and um we want to be a good fit for you so like danette said you know we have our website where you can find out all about us um, including the packages that we offer and the services that that we that are included Uh, so take it away Nance. I'll just end on this one point I think what's most important and this is what we truly believe is for our clients to discover life beyond weight loss mode that's our mission.
0: The greatest thing is continuum beyond every Thursday in the first hour which I think is wonderful because it's not going to be just hey come and do this and do what we tell you to do and goodbye we learned so much I learned so much today about why things are the way they are how they work We've talked about food, we've talked about exercise, we've talked about life, stress, lack of sleep, the whole deal. That's the kind of way that I've I've wanted to look at this, and I learned that from the three of you. I think it's going to be very helpful for people who maybe are concerned about a relative. If they need to lose weight, if they need to gain weight, whatever they need, they can find it here now on Thursdays with you guys.
2: We Terrific. are forward to it. We are. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. All
0: right. You can go to your fake meeting now.
1: <laughs> no. All right, Tom, I'm going to cut the mics while they uh, amble out of the All studio. Why don't you tell a couple of jokes, and I'll jump back in in 30 seconds.
0: We can get that done. Yeah, they're very, very nice. I, I met them first at Profile Plan where I lost 101 pounds. And then, Catherine, since you weren't mm-hmm. in the room where I was talking about that, I talked about the fact that, that the the more I work out now, the more my body wants to put weight on and we talked a lot about the fact that you cannot, you cannot work out and lose weight because your body will adjust. I mean, you can lose weight, but not long term. It's like you, you can't eat too little, you can't eat too much, you can't work out too much, you can't work out too little. You got to find that happy oh, it's space. it's
2: absolutely a constant uh, yep. adjustment because as your body gets used to working out, it needs a different
0: challenge. Right. I mean, that's exactly what we were talking about, and. It was a very interesting conversation. Mike Gelfand hopped on and talked about the fact that he has to put weight on.
2: Yes, I mean, still. He does,
0: I mean, he still does. <laughs> he he's, he's literally weighs, what, what did he say, like 110? He like might you? be able to hear
3: about him. About There he is.
0: is. There, cool. You're about 110,
3: Mike?
4: Well, well, you know, the problem I have, the biggest problem is that occasionally my intestines decide to take a vacation. Oh,
2: that's never a good <laughs> and thing. And so when
4: that happens, you know, you wind up in the hospital and when you're in the hospital, you don't eat for a week.
0: Yeah, that's
4: true. And, uh, you know, after you don't eat for a week, I mean, that's the thing, you know. I mean, that, that's what actually drove me, of course, off the morning show six months earlier than I, than I planned to retire was, you know, one day my intestines said, nah, we're done here, you know, mm-hmm. we've done our work. And uh, I wound up, uh, you know, wound up having surgery, and I went from 120 pounds to 100. Jeez.
0: God, isn't that amazing? That's yeah. it's not good.
4: So, you know, I thought, well, okay, I'll I'll get it all back. You know what? I never got it all back.
0: God, it's so amazing if the bodies just do that thing, and it's just, and you would think, you, know, you and I share, and that we both ruminate quite a bit. We don't sleep all that well. We're always thinking and taking things very personally, and, you know, and you have trouble yeah. putting weight on, and I have trouble keeping weight off. I mean, it's just, that's just the way life works, I guess.
4: Yeah, it's, you know, it's a, it's two sides
0: of a coin. It is indeed. but uh, Nice people, by the way. I'd aren't they? Uh, that, to them.
1: They're really, so they're going to be in quite a bit on Thursdays for a while, it sounds like, eh?
0: Absolutely. They're, they're, cool. uh, they're going to be on the show on Thursdays. And we were just talking about, Doug, about the fact that, you know, Mike's talking about weight gain. I'm talking about weight loss. Andy brought up some great points. Catherine jumped in. Uh, you're not going to hear just another here's what you need to do to lose weight because not everybody needs to do the same thing. We're going to cover all the bases, uh, whether you need to put it on, take it off, you want to put some muscle on, you want to take some, you know, whatever it is, we're going to talk about it on this show. So it's not just about fat loss. That's not what this is just about. It's part of it. But there are a lot more things to talk about. These women know what the hell they're talking about. I will tell you that. Now we hand it back over to Doug Sprinthal for the next 40 minutes. What do you think of that?
1: Yeah. Well, I've got a couple of stories to read. Uh, this one has nothing to do with cars, but I was looking for content this morning, and it just caught my eye because, I'm quite honestly, I think like a lot of people in the world, i have sort of just fascinated by what's going on in uh, uh, Ukraine and with Russia. Um, So here's an announcement from the Ukrainian government. Ukrainian authorities have reassured citizens that they don't need to declare captured Russian tanks or any equipment as they pick up as personal income. You've captured a Russian tank or armored personnel carrier and you're worried about how to declare it? Keep calm and continue to defend the motherland, a statement from the Ukrainian National Agency on corruption prevention seen by Interfax Ukraine said. There's no need to declare the captured Russian tanks and other equipment because of the cost of this does not exceed 100 living wages. The sum equates to about $8,300. I, I think that's so cool. They're under attack by one of the largest military superpowers in the in the globe. I guess there's only three of us, right, in that club.
4: Mm-hmm. And
1: they're telling people, yeah, go ahead and <laughs> take the tanks, and you don't have to pay for them on your income tax.
3: You don't have <laughs> to pay for the tax, but do you get to keep them after the war's over is the well, real question.
1: I don't know. I think it's just a a kind of a clever way that somebody at the Ukrainian version of the IRS decided to give the middle finger to the Russians.
0: Now, I have to ask Mr. Gelfan this. Aren't you damn proud, I mean, popping a button on your chest proud, that a Jewish comedian is the president of the Ukraine?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think that's phenomenal. It is, you
4: know, it, it is sort of ironic <laughs> considering that the Ukrainians killed a lot of my people. Yeah, Exactly. We have a, co- you know, and we and have a caller
1: button. here. I'm not quite sure how this works, but we're going to give it a try.
3: Well, when they call in, there's a gray button with two arrows. That's the merge button, and that'll put them on with Mike. Oh
1: shoot! Hello, caller.
3: Are you there? Hello.
5: Hello. Yeah, you're break- you're breaking up but I'm I can. I'll try. Okay, um, I just have a question about the. Uh, The you know the lifetime warranty and all that kind of stuff that you had years ago. Sure. Um, I well actually, uh, uh, I was your subject. uh, I don't know a year and a half, two years ago. I had a seventy-eight, two thousand eighteen Honda CRV, and I hit a deer. Oh yeah! And totaled the thing. Yeah, I'm the guy. <laughs> um, and I had had the lifetime warranty. With that, I paid a couple thousand for it then. And when I I just bought, uh, mail carrier in Richfield, so I'm <laughs> I'm walking, but I'm almost to the end of the block. Um, we bought a uh, well, got the money for that for the insurance. Got a new one, 2018 CRV. And we still had the the paying a couple more thousand for for the lifetime. Is that truly a a, a bumper to bumper? I think because I know now you don't have that anymore.
1: Well, we changed it. Uh, you know, there are actually really no true bumper to bumper warranties. <laughs> so we have like we had lifetime powertrain warranty, and my wife's car is covered under that. And it's basically major medical coverage for the car. Now you can and that comes uh, free. You can pay more, which it sounds what you did, and get a wrap which covers virtually everything on the car. Uh, the, the free product that we give with uh, new and used car sales uh, does not. It's just, it's, you know, the engine fails or the transmission fails, it's covered. So the additional coverage would cover, you know, everything else from radiators, uh, window regulators, so on and so forth they Walser replaced uh, lifetime with what's called Walser care now it, the the time isn't as long it's 10 years and 150,000 miles but it actually in some ways has more coverage than the old uh, warranty for life did and includes roadside assistance uh, and stuff like that so does
5: that makes sense okay cuz i mean i'm yeah i'm I, i've still like i say like you said i've still got the old one yeah I, they they offered me quite a bit of money to trade it in but uh, I mean, I've got got—I've only had it for two years and I've already got 84,000 miles on
1: it. I tell you, it might um, be, a, I, not that I want to sell you a car, although that is technically my job. Uh, I'm i am with you. I had an 18 CRV, and just about a year ago I was in there and Brent Fangle, who's the general manager, says, hey, you want to get a new one? It wouldn't cost you very much. And I said, I've only got you know 40,000 miles on it. It's about ready for a new set of tires and stuff. And... I I don't remember exactly what it was, but I think it cost maybe $5,000 to go from a 40,000-mile 2018 to a brand-new 2021 because used car prices are crazy. I would go to uh, WalzerBuysCars.com and you can just enter the license plate of your car, answer a few questions, and you can get a quote that's going to be pretty accurate just right on the computer. They'll need to see it and verify the condition, but uh, uh, you might think about doing that. It's... uh, I was not on the market for a car. Uh, I would actually trade uh, my wife's car out because it's worth on the used car market now more than what we paid for it five years ago, but I just can't find what she wants to buy, so it's, it's, uh, it doesn't cost anything to go to that website and punch in some information and then decide from there. And if you need some follow-up help, just uh, you can always email me at Doug at and I'll be happy to walk you through it. And don't hit any okay. more deer. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, well, that's their choice. <laughs> All right. I appreciate it.
0: No problem. That's a great line, it's man. true. <laughs> that's
5: their choice, it's
3: True. Pal.
0: It is true. Hey, dude, run out in front of you.
3: It's, it's true. 35 years old, and I still haven't hit a deer
0: somehow.
2: Oh, better knock on the... On yeah, the
1: especially now you live out in the sticks.
0: I clipped one once, and it kind of wigged, whirly-gigged into the ditch, got up, and ran away. I just clipped it kind of. Never hit one hole. I did. Uh, you, you, Doug, you've heard the story, and Mike, I don't know if you've heard the story, but Johnny Castina and I were driving up to uh, Jeff Passault's cabin up in northern Wisconsin, driving down uh, Highway 70. Are we still with him? Yep. It sounds like Mike might
3: have just dropped, though.
1: Yeah, he I did. I had it, I'm taking care of it.
3: Okay. All right. So what the hell is going on over there?
1: I don't. Well, uh, never Skype is just before. not
3: easy to use unfortunately, yeah, but it's, it's the best option when it comes to this kind of thing. I suppose Mike is true. back.
0: Mike is back.
3: So I'm back. Mike, I was just and telling, I'm better than ever.
0: Back and better than ever. I was just telling a quick story about Johnny Costino years ago. Uh, Johnny Costino and I were driving up to Pass Olds cabin Cabin and playing a golf tournament. We're driving down uh, 70. We're talking about the guy you know, hitting a deer, and, and Doug told him not to hit any more deer. We're driving along. I got the top down on the old uh, Chrysler Sebring, if you remember those and I'm driving along, oh, yeah. and I all of a sudden I see something in my right eye. A deer jumped right over the top of the car as we were driving by at about 60 miles an hour, went right over oh. the car, landed on the other side, and just ran off. Man, wow. if the, a hoof had hit either one of us in the head, we'd be dead.
4: You know, in his prime, Johnny could
0: have done that, too. <laughs> That's true. Castino could have done that, too. You're absolutely right, but my God, I'll never forget it. Other quick story there for for uh, Dougie, as a matter of fact, same thing with Timmy Laudner. We're driving up to Longville, uh, Minnesota, and I get a flat tire. I pull over. I go to. He goes, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm going to get the, the spare out of the trunk and change the tire." He goes, "I am not riding the car that you changed a tire on. I'll do it." <laughs>
1: I'm <laughs> pretty smart for a catcher. Do Everything you know how to change
2: tire?
0: <laughs> no. No, I do not. How hard could it be? He, he was uh, right about that.
2: When we had a blowout in the mountains, um, that tire changing situation was incredibly hard. It, it, was, it was impossible. The, you had to follow all of these diagrams. It didn't make any sense. Made no and sense. Yeah. connect this crank thing that went into a tiny little button inside of the bumper. Yep. It was, it, was cra- it, was, it was insane. It was insane, it was. No yes. Doubt. Remember
1: the old jacks from the 50s and 60s sure. that actually would cradle the chrome bumper, and it was just, I mean, talk about a liability hazard. Oh, God. Things would fall over all the time.
4: On you people. Max, uh, Max Chain, when he was about 25 years old, he changed the tire in my car, and I called up everybody I knew. You know, I, I was going to have a party for him. Max changed the tire. He's the first fan to ever change a tire. It ever happened, you know, baby. When he graduated from college, you know, I didn't think a thing of it. But when he changed the tire, man, <laughs> that was special.
1: So I, I taught all my kids to do it. You know, I used an auto mechanic, an amateur one for a long time, and taught them how to change oil. And I remember teaching my daughter how to change a tire. And she's, like, rolling her eyes like all good 17-year-old girls are programmed to do. And I says, Ellie, come on, this is important. And she says, you know, you're just giving me more motivation to actually go find a boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say. she knows how to hurt the dad. Yeah, I know, right in the heart, right?
2: I have to say that's one advantage of being a woman is when you're standing there next to your car that has a flat, I've had every single time it's happened, a guy pulls over and changes the tire for me. Really, That's yep. awesome every time.
1: Let's see you know, a lot of modern cars don't actually have spares in them. I, I, think I don't think a lot ours of the does stuff that's sold doesn't have them. Why? Well, a, a lot of reasons, a little bit of it is expense control, but that's really a, the, the kind of a tertiary deal. Uh, weight savings. Uh, and space savings. As cars get smaller, they need to figure out how to get more cargo room in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the weight, but. you know, the, the cafe restrictions, and extra, you know, 50 pounds less that the the car has to lug around will. Increase the gas mileage by just a little bit, and that, that's enough for them to, for them to decide to do it. Well,
3: well and I, who needs a spare tire when you got Walzer Care, and they'll come out and handle it oh, for that's you? That's actually
1: true. this uh, boy, this is turning into
3: a great commercial. <coughs> Thank you, Andrew.
1: Tell us more about yeah. Walzer Care's new ten-year, <laughs> hundred and fifty-thousand-mile powertrain warranty with roadside assistance.
3: Well, I can tell you, I have it, and that's about it.
0: <laughs> Excellent. I got to tell a very quick story because you used the word tertiary, and it just reminded me of being at Capitol Records. I was the in charge of the central Party of the United States for promotion of Capitol Records, and Bruce Wendell from Philadelphia, nice guy, great guy, but he didn't understand how the whole thing works with tertiary, right? Mm-hmm. So you got you know your your primary markets and all that stuff, but he goes. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. This is gonna be unbelievable. We do it better than anybody else. We're gonna take this record that got by this artist. It's gonna be unbelievable. Uh, Tommy, I want you to talk to all your primary, secondary, and third dairy markets. Third
2: dairy, <laughs> a well-known third dairy. He
0: didn't know Honestly,
1: tertiary. <laughs> the only reason I threw tertiary is because Mike's on the show, and I just wanted to make. Yeah, felt like I was in, <laughs> remotely funny. close to his uh, um,
0: vocabulary level. Well,
4: I was impressed, yeah.
2: What would, yeah. What would fourth be?
0: <laughs> yeah, fourth dairy. Quaternary, I, I think. Third. So I mean to, primary, secondary, third dairy. Well, mm. no, you mean tertiary. No, I mean and third fourth, dairy. And fourth
2: early. Quaternary. <laughs> <laughs> fourth early,
0: yes, exactly. I loved Bruce. Bruce was quite the man, no question about it. In any case, so Dougie. sir. I thought that was a good call we got there. I love that guy. So yeah. do you know, have you ever met him?
1: No, he. Ca- I think he called in a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, yeah. Total the CRV, and mm. I, I don't remember what the questions were, but it was, you know, something that, stuff that happens that, uh, that you don't deal with every day, and there's always some, how does this work, and it, it sounded like he had a, a warranty that needed to be canceled to get a refund back. Kind of the same thing you did when you traded in the uh, Raymond Reddington-Mobile. Did you ever get that check, by the way?
0: Yeah, I did. I did. Okay, it took good. a few months, but I got it. Absolutely. Thank you for well, that's asking.
1: That's j He's terrible at paper. Typical. Yeah, I know. Well, at least you got it. Rather uh, owe it to you than cheat you out of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. No question. No, everything worked out really, really well. It's a great car, too, by the way. I love that car. Cool. And we should probably take
1: a quick break uh, and then start the second half, don't you think? I love been it. About twenty minutes works for me, Pally. We'll be right back after these exciting words from our sponsors.
0: And we are back with stretches picks.
4: You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah.
0: is expensive enough. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener's special square, check out this flash sale on the Giza Dream sheets. It won't be around for long. There are also deep discounts on all other MyPillow products, too. Enter promo code TOM, T-O-M, or call 800-516-5146 for these great radio specials. Let it do. We
1: are back with episode 121 of Walls or Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. Tom, do you want to try to cut that commercial again, quick, live, in front I of love all the listeners? I absolutely all right, love it. Let me know when idea. you're ready. and let us know well, when you're ready. While the equipment
3: is still working, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah was, there you go. Uh, my yes, mind. I'm going to cut off our mics and then uh, you can just go and do it. And listeners, be quiet. This will only take a
0: minute. <laughs> Here we go. You ready? Yep. Back
1: in the saddle again, we're back in the saddle again. Okay,
0: Gene Autry, what's that all about?
1: Well, after our normal break, Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan are back on the air with 10 months of terrible commercials.
0: Ever think of hiring a copywriter? That's pretty good. Hey, we're
1: selling cars, not carpets. Anyways, too expensive. Check out our new press release.
0: This just in. Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan have started out 2022 as the number one and number two dealers in the state of Minnesota. Jason Leckler has been quoted as saying, this is the year I bump off Dan Resch. He studied animal husbandry for crying out loud. Dan replied with, blow it, j What do you think? Mm, maybe you should hire a copywriter. Cool. That they are leading the sales race. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I I paused there. I'll do that again.
1: Just do the whole thing,
0: Ready? Um, Maybe you should hire a copywriter. Cool that they're leading the sales race, though. That's good.
1: Yeah, it's actually more than good. Because they were so dominant last year, we've earned more than our fair share of new Nissans. We have 40 Altimas available for March and 120 Rogues.
0: Check out the huge selection of Nissans at Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan. Perfect. I like it. You like that cut?
1: Yeah, yeah no, it's good. I
3: think uh, with the re-record, it's probably just about a minute.
1: Perfect. Yeah. We'll I like it. That. Pat can speed it up okay. so we sound like chipmunks.
0: Hey, you what else happened? I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're good with that? Yeah, he'll, yeah it'll be it fine. Uh, uh, Andy,
1: Pat's going to, there's a sound effects line in there. He'll take care of that. So you just need okay. to send him that. I like it. Copy and let him do his job.
2: Testing, All I'm right. Caring.
1: Back to Here's the car Catherine.
2: business. There I am. Back mm-hmm. to
1: the car business. So you guys have heard about Carvana, I'm sure. They've yep. It started from nothing pra- 10 years ago and have really built up to be a, a pretty big brand. A lot of the things that people like about that uh, nationally is what what happens a lot in the Twin Cities with us and you know with Maury's Automotive, one-price dealer groups. This is a, not the way business is done in most of the country, and so Carvana has taken advantage of that. Um one of the problems they've had is reconditioning vehicles because they're buying them all over the country. So last week, uh, they bought the number two largest uh, auto auction wholesale uh, group in the country. Now, it's number two it's a distant number two. Mannheim, uh, which is owned by Cox Communications, uh, is the four hundred pound gorilla. They have seventy percent of the auctions in the u s. Uh, but a de- but this but by buying Edessa, the, this gives Carvana a lot more flexibility and speed. I'm going to read quickly from this uh, press release. Carvana's plan to buy the number two auction in the US could have major consequences in the segment where competition has long been stable. The deal announced last week valued at $2.2 billion would hand over control of Odessa's 56 US locations in the U.S. and 4,500 employees. So a substantial move on Carvana's part. One of the retailer hopes will expand its customer reach and strengthen its ability to recondition a larger number of used cars. Um, The acquisition plus build out of its new physical sites would mean Carvana vehicle processing capacity could eventually exceed 3 million vehicles, about 6.5% of the used car market. So that's huge. Uh, for those of us that are automotive insiders, are in the, or, or, we're really kind of stunned by this. There's a, you would not believe how many car people listen to this on the morning show. So, no. Tom, you remember? I think the first ad back, I was talking about that friend of mine who sadly passed away, who would. Uh, get drunk and then celebrate his drunkenness by getting on an airplane and waking up and calling in late from a different city. Right.
5: You told me that. <laughs> I exactly. got about 20
1: texts. I love Chuck Hirsch. I miss him so much. That was awesome, blah, blah, blah. So I think it might just be all car people that listen to these. But anyway, this is uh, it, these guys, a lot of traditional car dealers hate Carvana. Um, I, I think because they see it as eating up a lot of their market share. The used car market is so huge. Um, But Comparison-wise, we'll we'll likely sell, and it depends on the chip shortage, so this is really kind of a rough estimate, about 15 million brand new uh, cars and light duty trucks in the U.S. uh, in 2022. By comparison, we'll probably do 50 to 60 million used cars, so the fact that Carvana is going to increase their uh, size to 3 million vehicles, which is huge, uh, is still just a drop in the bucket of the uh, entire U.S. market.
0: God, that's amazing, isn't it?
1: Well, they st- you know talk about brand building though. They built. Yeah. They built up from nothing.
0: What well, do they? How, they got uh, what's it called? What did you just say? It is car what? Carvana. Carvana, and then there's another one too. And then it starts with an X or a Z or something. Uh, well, there's a Vroom. Oh, Vroom! It's kind the v. of a yeah, similar you. thing. Yeah. Yeah, Vroom. Yeah. Yeah. Baby. You can order fact, a the, on an app. Right. The money really?
1: behind Vroom is also the money, uh, one of the main investors in the software company that Walzer spun off, Fuse Auto Tech. Oh. So all these Israeli billionaires investing in the used car business. What's that about, Mike?
4: You're asking me? Well, I don't know. You're a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. Wait yeah. a Isra- minute.
0: Have you ever been to Israel?
4: Uh, no, I, I haven't, but I've been to Skokie.
0: Ooh! <laughs> I'm proud to be a Skokie from Muskogee. Or something. Yeah, or something. a
4: couple of good delis there, but uh, you know, uh, I never really. It's funny because I I never really had that urge to go to Israel. Probably because I'm an atheist, but um, more of an agnostic, really. But you know, it's uh, I I know a guy, Tom. You know him. Uh, he's not Jewish, and uh, he uh, when he was younger, he he would like go to uh, he would go to Israel like like every summer. And work in a kibbutz, right? Because mm-hmm. he really liked Jewish women. <laughs>
0: That's a Minnesota boy, isn't it?
4: That's a
0: Minnesota boy. Well, there you go. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I don't
1: know if you know this, but I went last fall for work, and I it was we spent a day in Jerusalem, and it was it was pretty moving. Uh, and yeah. even not from a religious aspect, but you know. Right. I think it, it, most people believe that the majority of those stories that you read in the Bible and the Quran and so on and so forth are are, are mostly based in something that actually happened, and mm-hmm. to just stand and see the place where all this stuff occurred, you know, the wall of David and all that sort of stuff, it's really yeah, it it gives you a sense of of the world history that that that's hard for me to garner from watching movies or reading books. It was. It was worth it. So if you get a chance, even as an agnostic, even as a um, non-believer, I would take it.
0: Well, as Michael Jackson once said, the Jews do it on purpose. I will
1: give you some tips, (laughs) uh, one tip about Israel. When you get to the Tel Aviv airport, when you're leaving and you haven't Mm -hmm. eaten all day, do not go to Burger King and order the Big Asia. (laughs) What?
0: What is that? It's It's like
1: it's a it's a huge whopper sized chicken sandwich (laughs) that just tasted like they cooked it in motor oil and then slathered it with green Asian style goop. It was probably the worst meal I'd ever had, but I was so hungry and I had a six hour plane flight ahead of me. I'm like, all right, Big Asia, we got to learn to get along.
2: I'm glad. I'm glad you did get along. Since you had a six-hour flight. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. Are the that, people in, yeah uh, that's the last years thing years. You I would eat. took a big eat. risk there. Yeah. I'd for say. real.
1: <laughs> well, it was Burger King? What what could possibly go wrong? So many things. No. Yeah.
4: After all, they're they're so popular.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dogs are even open. Sir. As a car salesman, I got bad news for you. Oh no. Today, oil briefly topped a hundred and sixteen dollars a barrel.
1: Well, oh, I don't know. We're watching God. that closely, and we talked about this last Ugh. week. And I'll bring it up again, but, uh, you know, it, it, who knows how high it's going to go. It's right. Just, it could, it, things could get really crazy. Let's certainly hope not, but I don't think anybody thinks that this will be over soon. Um, do the Here's the advice, because I saw this in 2008. We talked about it last week. I'll touch on it briefly again. Gas jumped up to $4 a gallon. It really wasn't the the dollar amount. It was how quickly it went from 2 right. to 4 Everybody right. freaked out. And they traded in their Yukons and Priuses and Corollas. And then when drop, gas came back down, they tried to trade them back. Um, we did it, but, it, I mean, it's a very expensive way uh, to avoid uh, what things will cost. So do yourself a favor. Let's think of a, a potentially worst-case scenario where gas hits $5 a gallon. Figure out how many miles you drive every year and the rough economy of your car, and then compare that to three dollars a gallon, and the difference is what it's going to cost you. And I think we did that last week, and yeah. it was was it eighty dollars a month or something? Yeah, like it was not. It's a not whole as lot. bad as you would think. Um Certainly, nobody likes to pay three fifty, four five. Trust me, folks. I own a boat that, if I take it easy, gets one mile per gallon. It has twin 125-gallon tanks. Um, I'm not a fan of high gas prices either, but uh, but don't, but please don't don't you know don't make a poor financial decision just because it feels like um, it, it might be saving you money. Just figure out if it actually does. Also, uh, people that are going from really fuel inefficient vehicles to super efficient vehicles and drive a lot. <laughs> The math changes dramatically. Then, right. then it, it does actually make sense. But for most of us that drive, you know, a lot of work from home people, I don't think I drove seven thousand miles last year. It's it's not that big a, a of a of a difference.
3: Also, don't try to put E15 in a non flex fuel car.
1: Yes, that's. Uh, you can
3: put E5 in a regular car. I don't think yeah, anything E5 higher than that. Five
1: or ten, I think. Is ten okay? Yeah, it's, it's good advice though. Is to read your manual and what we're talking. Yes. What Andy brought up is uh, ethanol fuel, which in Minnesota, I mean, you can find gas stations that are 85% ethanol. Uh, it's a big mm-hmm. subsidy to the corn growers here, so it's popular in the state as an option. But you, you want to make sure that your car is designed to run on it. And there again, you have to do the math. If you're saving 20% on fuel costs, but your your fuel economy goes down with ethanol. Uh, and you're,
4: you, know, it's, you know, what's interesting here is that as the pandemic, uh, at least for the moment, winds down, people are emerging from their cocoons, they may be going back into the cocoon just for economic reasons.
3: Yeah, that's true.
4: You know, you'll be doing things virtually, but for a different reason
1: now. Yeah, right. No. True. Nobody said this, Mike, but, you know, if it comes to the point where we decide uh, as a country and probably with a lot of allies is to stop buying Russian oil, um, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have the capacity to refine enough to make up the gap, but, you know, it's... Think about what would happen if the government said, okay, we're going to do this, and that's going to mean gas rationing. If you think people yeah. were complaining about wearing masks at McDonald's, you haven't seen anything yet.
0: Right. <laughs> I'm
4: yeah, still we, got, uh, we got this mess in Ukraine, but the, the question is whether uh, Americans are willing to make that sacrifice.
1: Yeah. I know, I, and I, th- I think that's, a, I've been thinking about that a lot, and I see all these symbols of solidarity and people wearing yellow and uh, and mm. blue, and I, I think that's cool. But at some point, we may have to make decisions about real. And I'm not trying to downplay those uh, the, the symbolic uh, support, but we might have to do stuff that actually hits a lot closer to home.
2: Yep, I'm still uh, reeling from your idea that people read their manual. I know
1: that is crazy. <laughs> that's an the only old time I've the ever car, opened open, this, open the that
2: best thing. Place, the best place
1: to hide $100 is inside the owner's manual. Yeah. Nobody will ever find it.
2: The only time I've ever looked in that thing is either to figure out how to change a tire <laughs> or how to pair your phone. That's the only reason to have a manual. Yeah.
0: Okay, you ready? What's I'm a car down. manual?
2: It's that thing that's wrapped in plastic that <laughs> is in your glove box. Oh, I should
0: open that. I yeah, should take the plastic wrap off. Remember all those that. questions. God, all I, I questions. thought a car
4: manual was a Mexican mechanic.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> ah, what do you think of that action?
1: Hell! No, A car manual, Tom, is, you know all those questions that you call JLo lo and ha- have him answer? Those, the answers are actually in a book.
0: Oh, they're in oh, a book? No. Okay, well, <laughs> I like talking to JLo lo though.
1: The problem is, is that the attorneys had to get involved in manuals, and they've made them virtually unreadable. Yep, oh,
0: they're like you know, seven hundred
3: pages long now.
1: Yeah, Mike, if you're having insomnia issues, that's a great place
4: to start. <laughs> True. I I found my manual uh, a couple years ago in my uh, twenty twenty two year old now Camry, and uh, because I had I had a, a little problem, my car was in my garage. Of course, it wouldn't start and um and i needed to get the car into uh you know out of park to, to back it to get it back pushed out of my garage and and i i thought well you know there's got to be a way right so i opened the manual and i was utterly shocked like within about five minutes i found out how to do it but i never would have known except that for reading the manual so I'm glad I kept it there. And the only reason I had the manual in my car was because, of course, I'd never opened it. And therefore, I'd never misplaced it. Yeah, baby.
1: You know, there's a, a wonderful substitute for that. and It's a massively underused resource. But you can find how to do virtually anything on YouTube. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. we basically
3: <laughs> learned how to construct wire and plumb a basement by, by looking at YouTube.
1: The only problem with those YouTube videos, and not all of them are like this, but these people think that in, in addition to being able to demonstrate how to change the oil filter on a 1999 Camry 2534 LE model, is they're also uh, film experts. So you mm-hmm. get to swit, sit through the swirling 80s porno-style graphics and the theme music and then a five-minute introduction about why you need to change the oil filter. It's like as my, one of my favorite musicians, Todd Rundgren, once said, don't bore us, get to the chorus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> One of Catherine's favorites, little Todd Ryan Little TR. It's true. Still alive
1: and well. He's still uh, still performing and yeah. still sounds great. I saw him a couple of years at the AIM Center, and I, I couldn't believe as a 70-year-old guy that he was still able to sing those songs that he wrote when he was in his 20s. It was pretty spectacular. Because yeah. most people
0: can't do that. A no. little change-up. You see that Randy Newman broke his neck and he can't perform for a while? broke his
2: neck. How
0: did he do that? He doesn't even know how it happened. He has no idea how he broke his neck. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That sounds like something a a five-year-old says.
2: I think that he he does know how he broke it, and he just doesn't want to tell it. You know what he said, though? And
0: Gelfand, I think you'll love this line. Randy Newman said, the one thing that really helped after finding out my neck was broken, now I know why short people have a reason to live.
4: (laughs) It's funny you should say that because I was going to suggest that perhaps God was
0: punishing him for that song. Oh, I know. That's exactly what he was implying, is that God punished me for short people. <laughs> exactly. I love him. Karma took a while to catch up Let's with him. drop the big one and see what I happens. was just going to say oh.
1: political science is more relevant today than it was when he wrote it 40 years <laughs> it's ago. It's true. absolutely. For those of you Randy that have Dick. never heard the song, it's about why we should nuke every other planet on the country, except for... Australia because we don't want to hurt no kangaroos.
0: <laughs> well, I love him. Randy Newman's one of my favorites of all time.
4: Yeah, uh, he, he's, he's a talented guy, and and that was just irony that whole short yeah
0: thing. So. exactly. Don't take it literally. No reason to live. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Can you imagine social media now? If oh, you just, God.
0: Uh, oh, somebody God. would just
2: post like a line of that song and Ugh. that would
0: be it. Okay, I got to read something to you guys. I don't have an opinion on this, but I find it to be an interesting uh, headline. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Video game designers give players gender neutral uh, character options. Don't, can't Who you cares? pick the character you want to be anyway? Who cares?
2: Well, this just expands the options.
3: But aren't they cartoon figures? I know. I've never understood making yourself in a video game. I'm like, who cares? When I play a video game that has that kind of, like, um, customization level, I usually just either go with the default, or if there is no default, I'll hit random one time, and off I go.
0: You know, you want to do it. I got nothing against you, do You want to play gender-neutral character options? Good for you. I don't care, but I don't understand the... Yeah, the yeah. reason for it because there's, do there's
4: pressure. Yeah, I, I,
2: there's pressure on them to do I'm it, suppose. so they do it.
4: That's all. And I don't understand. You know, I can't understand why I would want to be me. <laughs> well, that, exactly. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly the
0: point, Mike. Is I don't want to be me. playing yeah. Playing. I want to be a hero when you I know. play a video game. <laughs> exactly.
1: On a re- related note, and we were talking about Ash Wednesday yesterday in the morning show. Um, have you ever heard of glitter Ash?
2: No. Yeah. You from- can
1: say no. So Sarah told me about it. There was some people on the street in downtown Hastings that were, had signs up, uh, Glitter Ash Wednesday, and it's to support uh, LGBTQ communities. Oh, I did see there. that, yep. You're at, I'd never heard of it before, and so I, as most of you know, my wife works at a big Catholic church. I said, "Did you guys have the glitter ashes there?"
0: Oh God! She just gave me the
1: she just gave me the fu look,
0: <laughs> which I get about every I eight minutes. Honestly, yeah. As a matter of fact, there was a big article in the Star Tribune, I believe, about that that story, huh. about the glitter in the ashes and, and all that. Uh, yeah, I God, I can't find no, it. Though. None,
2: no less. What's that? I would expect no less.
0: Well, yeah, I suppose that is true. Yeah, I don't see the article in here. I, it's got to be in here somewhere, but I, it doesn't pop right up, so I'm not going to waste time looking for it. But yeah, there was a big article in the uh, the start. Okay, now this headline Darius Rucker wants to end racism in country music. What? Isn't, what does that mean? Win? Who the hell's Darius Rucker? Yeah. He's, been, oh, <laughs> so you. He's the
1: lead singer of oh. Hootie and the Blowfish, who, yeah. oh. after he oh. had a successful oh, rock great. career, crossed over into country music and is actually a pretty good, pretty big country music Yeah, he's
0: not star. bad. Yeah. yeah, And he's a pretty big star, too, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. There's, uh, are we going to end, end racism in all music? I guess my real much...
3: question is, why the hell are you giving the strip clicks?
0: Well, I suppose <laughs> you're right. You're probably right. There. They've not been friendly to Uncle Tommy, or in your case, Dad Tommy. What about
3: Alpha <laughs> News? Did they even, did they do online? We just had her on. I don't know, Liz Alpha Collins, News. Yeah.
0: I can uh, check it. Andy's checking it out right now. Let's
3: see here, Alpha News. We got we to go in about five minutes, so I yes, we do. You five know.
2: minutes. I, I have one over. more
1: big story actually. While Andy's looking this up, and Love it's it. sadly it's automotive related. I know that's weird on a show that's called Car Selling Secrets. Sure. Um, Ford I had a couple of big announcements just yesterday. The first of it is that they're boosting their electric vehicle investment by another twenty billion dollars, or a total of $50 through 2026. Um, So, I mean, they're going for it, Uh, but here's the, in addition to the the huge investment in in the technology, um, with the new structure, it aims to achieve a 10% global company adjusted pre-tax earnings margin by 2026, which is double what they did last year. But what they're going to do is split the company in half. There's going to be Ford Blue, which is the traditional internal combustion vehicles. And then I think the new one is called Ford E, which will be all electrics. And what that possibly means for the Ford dealer body is Ford is, is, is contemplating changing the way their dealer body, body dynamic works. In other words, they would uh, uh, allow the dealers to have substantially smaller physical footprints and as long as they generate nearly all of their sales on a, a, a order basis rather than a stock basis. It's a, it, that's a radical change because, you know, we've trained the buying public in the automotive world. And, and not just automobiles, but Amazon has probably the, the put the most pressure on the system, is about selection and speed. You know, when you go on Amazon, you can buy something. And in many cases now, you can get it the same day. Uh, whether people, the American auto buying public is going to be... Comfortable with normally waiting for six to eight weeks for their vehicle be to to be produced is a, you know that that's a, who knows? Uh, right now people are forced to do that because there's no inventory, but eventually we'll be done with the Ukraine and Russia and chip shortages, and we'll go on to the next set of problems. But it won't be automotive related, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But. Fifty billion dollars investment in electric vehicles in the next four years. That's stunning.
0: And they still pollute more than gas-powered vehicles right now.
1: Well, that's for the for it, the breakthrough from the stuff I've read at MIT, and it, it it varies depending on how the electricity is produced, whether it's pure right. coal or whatever. Right. Is roughly twenty thousand miles. In other words. You, uh, uh, ele- an all-electric vehicle has to go more than $20,000 before it actually pollutes less than an equivalent ICE vehicle. Right. And that's right. from assembly right. to battery mining to disposal to all that sort of stuff. And I, I read about half of the article in it with, that MIT wrote, that's as much as I could take because it was really technical. But I'm yeah. like, yeah, okay, I tend to believe these guys. Yeah, they're probably true. from Massachusetts.
3: Did you find what you're looking for? I mean, I found out that alphanews.org exists. That so. it exists? Yep. It's a real thing. Is it a website? Yeah. Do they have the news on the website? They sure do. It's all Minnesota-based. Do they have Liz no, Collin on the website?
1: You guys interviewed Liz, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. she, she was, was last
0: terrific. week or she something. She was very, it's, very pleasant.
1: You know, when that, artic- when that, that, that uh, deal came out, her ride-along thing, I thought to myself, boy, I bet she'd be a terrific guest on the podcast. And then the next day it's like, damn it.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, she, she just grip. did another article really where
2: she was interviewing people that actually have been carjacked.
0: Oh yeah, and right. how
2: it how it's affected them, and people are just like, "Oh, you've got insurance; it's no big deal. What's your problem? So what? what? It's just, it's just a car. It's just oh, a car. God. It's not oh. your life. don't, don't whine." And she's like, "These people are traumatized."
0: They're they're like scanning
2: parking lots. They're afraid that someone's going to jump them any minute. And a lot of these people get get hit a lot. Yeah, they do. So it's not just like boo-hoo.
1: I was carjacked when I was a cab driver. and I don't don't think it affected me that much, but I still do think about it from time to time.
0: Wasn't that in front of my old house on Queen Avenue in North Minneapolis? (laughs) Well, actually,
1: it started on 38th and Park, and this was around the Christmas. I don't know if I've told everybody this. It's been a long time, so... Um, couples in the backseat, give me an address. I get there. The guy sticks his gun in the back of my neck and says, give me your money. I'm like, oh, gee, I just started the shift. Here's like eight bucks. (laughs) So he stuffs me in the trunk in December and it's like 15 below zero. I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. So we're driving. I don't know where we are, but we're driving. It turns out down the crosstown. And I'm, I figured, and MacGyver hadn't been invented yet, so I'm like pre-MacGyver MacGyver. I take the, one of the uh, taillights out, short the wire out, and it's got the electronic trunk opener. I'm like, well, I'll just open the trunk, and then next time he stops, he'll just run away. Yeah, well, the trunk flew open on the crosstown. He slammed on the brakes and ran back there and shoved the gun in my face and says, do that again, and I'll shoot you, and he slammed the trunk and took off. Oh, God. Um, well, it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> so... And, and, and this, this was, these people had been doing this for about a month. they knocked off five or six different cab drivers. The difference between my experience was the previous ones, they just robbed the driver, stashed the car, called the cops, and said there's a guy in the trunk at 38th and Park. In my case, they decided that they needed to get more money. He drops the, gir- the, the woman off, goes to a grocery store on Queen Avenue on the short north side, and decides to rob the grocery store. I thought so as that I was punch in my neighborhood. Out the taillights, and um, I see these two 12-year-old girls standing in front of the store, and I yell at them, and they run over, and I said, there's a key in the, in those days we had the, the trunk key. It was chained to the bumper, so it was always in there. I says, just turn the key, and they're like, God, this is so exciting. This has never happened before. And as they look up, the guy's coming out of the grocery store with a mask over his face, his gun and a bag of money. I'm like, shit, can't run away. I can't let him grab the girls. So I climb back in the trunk and he takes off. And now I'm thinking, I'm, I'm done and stopped in a neighborhood. I think it was 18th and Oliver or somewhere over there. I don't really remember. Mm-hmm. And we're face to face about a two feet away. And he's got the gun pointed right at my chest. And I'm thinking, I got to try something. I got to do try to an outside block or something. And 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 just as I'm trying to screw up enough courage to do it, he throws the keys at me and says, "Get the f out of here." So,
0: yes, carjacking is not fun. No, it is not. Everybody, goes, oh, no big deal. Yeah, it's because you'd never been carjacked, okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dougie, good job. You know, I bell. was gonna
4: suggest that we. I was gonna suggest we swap stories about our days as cab drivers, but I don't think I can match that. Did no. you drive taxi, Mike? Yeah, I drove one and uh, when I was in college, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's one uh, who blue and white or yellow or or uh, red and white.
4: Uh no, I, I yeah, I I drove for uh, blue and white, yeah.
1: I was a blue and white pilot too.
4: Yeah, I liked one reason I drove for blue and white was was I liked going over to to their headquarters there in University Avenue. Yep. And then when when I was done, I'd go over to the uh, the playground in the projects there and play basketball with the guys. Oh yeah, yeah sure. And, you know, some people suggested to me that the basketball was more dangerous than the cab driving, but I i never had a problem.
1: All right, and, uh, next. Th- I had no idea. This is going to be awesome. Next week, uh, Doug and Mike talk cab driving on Car Selling it. Secrets. I think that about wraps it up for now. Thank you, everybody, and we will be back next week.